0: Evolution.org podcast coming your way. Episode 516. Steve and the Wolfson joining me. How's it going, man?
1: This is one of those ones where there's a, an enormous amount of interest in this particular peptide. It's probably up there with maybe growth hormone and being number one and number two in terms of popularity. Use them.
0: So we all have relatives um, that have used insulin. And this is what we're going to talk about today. So insulin is a peptide hormone produced by beta cells in the pancreas. Regulates metabolism of carbs and fats it also stores fat to be used for energy later on it's called survival like uh, we eat body stores the fat during a famine body uses the fat and the cycle continues same thing with every other animal on earth as well that is uh that's how it works when you eat your blood sugar increases which causes insulin to be released by the pancreas now type 1 diabetics have to inject insulin Because their bodies no longer produce it. Type 2 diabetics, I'm sure a lot of you have relatives who are type 2 diabetics. It's an epidemic. About 25% of people are either pre-diabetic or diabetic. Um, They take insulin or they take diabetes medication. So you have relatives. um, Sometimes the medication is really rough on the stomach. So a lot of your relatives might end up taking, injecting insulin as well. But there's really some some medications that have come out that really helped. Now, back before insulin medications and insulin was available, people would basically just die a a miserable death if they were diabetic. But here's the thing. Type 2 diabetes wasn't around back in those days. Type 2 diabetes is surging across the country and across the world because of our crappy diets. So 100 years ago, there weren't many type 2 diabetes. Now, 25% in America, 25% in China are type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetic. So it's an epidemic. Um, And, yeah, so mobster, jump in a little bit and uh, talk about that, and then we'll kind of get into why
1: bodybuilders use insulin. This is one of the uh, mobster's little bugbears, guys, especially when it comes to type 2, not type 1. Type 2 tends to be genetic and medical and typically is outside the user's control. Although, to be fair, Steve, even in the early days before insulin was developed, there was some control by sorting out the diet. So here's the reality, and Steve kind of touched on it already. Not all, but I would argue potentially the great and vast majority of type 2 diabetics are down to, as Steve has said, really, really crappy lifestyles, poor dietary choices, and just being straight out. I'll be they are just straight out lazy. I don't want to sugarcoat it, guys, because if I sugarcoat it or if I treat it in a particular way, then you're less likely to be motivated to fix your lifestyle or fix your dietary habits. See, here's the thing. The numbers that Steve talks about are the same here in the UK, Steve. It's on the increase. And yet, in again, the great and vast majority of cases where something takes place vis-a-vis they fix the diet, they start walking more, they start running, they ride a bike, they do some kind of exercise around the house. It, it it it's it's kind of like a miracle. It fixes it, or it at least reduces the likelihood that they require insulin and it gets down to manageable levels. Now, again, if you're old or infirm or if you've got some sort of medical condition, and you know, going out and getting your daily steps is a difficulty, then then it then you know it's gonna be that much harder to manage. But if you are uh, and again, this will apply to our listeners, Steve, somewhere between the ages of 18 and 30, as we would assume our listeners typically are, and you aren't old, elderly and you aren't infirm, you don't have a medical condition that means you're inactive, then literally get off your asses and go for a walk. And do that several times a week. Try and have a step count on your phone to get out there and be getting your steps in, doing some kind of exercise that elevates the heart rate and just makes you fit. And don't binge don't eat crap cut down on the ready meals eat fresh vegetables and lo and behold your requirement for medical treatment for type 2 diabetes becomes minimalized if not non-existent steve so yeah it's definitely one of those things i have a bugbear about trust me guys i eat as much ice cream as the next person but i train and i'm getting my daily steps in and i've half an eye on my diet so you know it tends to be towards a nicer range of foods, but it's not junk food. I'm not eating. Bigger. Um, that's the medical use. Yeah, so we're talking about the medical medical use there, guys. Let's get into the sports enhancement use, the performance enhancement use. Back to you, Steve.
0: Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. And we've done previous podcasts on on proper nutrition, on fasting, on on you know timing your meals, and so definitely check those out if you need help when it comes to type two diabetes, because there is a way out of it uh, where you can kind of reverse that insulin resistance. So why does insulin, uh, you know, you see a lot of relatives using insulin. Why do bodybuilders use such a thing? You know, people, people use, you know, type two diabetes, they're not in good shape. They're, they're overweight usually they're not in good shape. You know, they don't eat well. So why would bodybuilders use it? You ask. So in the nineties, they started experimenting with both insulin and growth hormone together as part of their steroid stacks. And that's really where the monster's mobster really started coming on. And yeah. it's definitely a necessity to use both insulin and growth hormone together. Now, I'll tell you why. If you use the growth hormone by itself at the high dosages that they use, your blood sugar is going to go higher and higher and higher. So you need the insulin to knock that blood sugar back down. On the flip side, you use insulin by itself you're just going to get fat. So the growth hormone needs to be in there to help with the fat loss. The insulin and growth hormone need to be stacked together. If you use one or the other at excessive dosages, you will not reach the your, your bodybuilding goals for those standards, okay? So do not use either by themselves at excessive dosages. Again, I have to say it again. Now, if you want to use a low dose of HGH like 1.5 IUs or 2 IUs tops a day, then yeah. you can do that by itself. But if you're gonna run six, seven, eight, fifteen IUs a day of HCH, you must run the insulin. You must run, run the insulin. Why? Insulin is injected, protein, and other nutrients rapidly shuttle into the muscles. This means you'll be able to utilize far more protein than a normal person. Big protein meals, big carb meals, you eat them. Do you think your body's able to utilize all that, all those nutrients? Hell no. That's not how it works. A lot of it goes to waste. But when you got the insulin and the HH in your system, the insulin is going to help partition those nutrients into your muscles so you're able to better utilize those meals. This is why bodybuilders not only will take short insulin, Before their meals, they'll also take long-acting insulin, basically, from the time they get up to the time they go to sleep. They want insulin to be elevated in their body so that every meal that they eat throughout the day is partitioned, and that's going to help increase the anabolic effect because insulin is a hormone, and insulin is very, very anabolic. Now, the downside in bodybuilding, and mobster knows people in this situation, and I've experienced insulin too is what is it going to do? What does insulin do? When you eat a meal as a normal person who has a normal functioning pancreas, your insulin levels, insulin gets released and the body will store fat from that meal. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's called survival. You eat an excessive amount of food as we all do in the Western world, right? Your body is going to take that excessive amount of food and store it as fat. That's why Americans are so fucking fat. That's why every middle class first world country in the world has a lot a large fat population because of excessive food. People in Africa, people in poor parts of Asia, people in poor parts of the Middle East, you know, who are poor and who can only afford a dollar a day of food, they are not fat. They are really, really skinny for a reason. And we are fat because we have an excessive amount of food. It's because of the fucking insulin levels. And that's why bodybuilders want the insulin. They want the insulin because they want the mass. So, But you're going to end up getting fat if you don't run the insulin correctly. So it needs to be run with the HGH. It needs to be run with a proper diet. You can't be eating cakes and cookies and ice cream and all this other shit. When you take your insulin, that's going to defeat the purpose. So your diet needs to be on point. You either have a good meal, a simple meal like chicken, brown rice, and broccoli. Why do bodybuilders eat stuff like that? Because that's the perfect meal to eat after you take your insulin. So Momster, jump into this, and we'll kind of get into the side effects, and then definitely need to go over the dosing
1: on this. Because if you
0: fuck up the dosing, you will get fucked up.
1: Yeah. I want to reiterate what Steve just said 100%. Guys, I know, as Steve said, and we both know, uh, users, friends, pals, gym buddies, whatever, that have used insulin. And I've I've made some show notes, and I said typical users versus a freak, right? So what happens is that the typical user will not get the same response that genetic freaks do, and a genetic freak responds well to PEDs, better than the average Joe, better than a typical user. That's just a given. You don't have to like it. You can try and compensate for it by taking more drugs, but the body doesn't like it. The body doesn't work like that. If you don't have it in you to be a Mr. Olympia, but you do have it in you to have a great physique, then that's what will happen. Now, I'm thinking of a couple of users that have competed, Steve. Not, it has to be said, to a high level, but certainly to local and regionally uh, high level in terms of their places and so on and so forth. And again... They, they were uh, big users. it has to be said, of performance enhancing drugs, specifically steroids, uh, minimal, growth hormone and some insulin, but for the most part, insulin just made them fat. Now, that also ties in with something else that Steve said, and that is that you must, 100%, you must have that diet on point. It is not an excuse to go and eat burgers or KFC or anything like that, fried chicken wings buffalo wings, junk food pizza. You just, it just, no, no, no. You are far, far better off eating more, if need be, clean food versus trying to compensate by having more calorific food from fast food places. It Your diet has to be on point. Otherwise, you will just get fatter. And, that, and, and again, reasonable cost, high risk in terms of the problems which we're going to get into. But manageable. And that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna, what I'm gonna say there. But for the most of you, if your diet isn't on point, if your training isn't balls out, I don't want you using insulin. I want you to be going right when I'm ready, when I'm meal prepping, when my food is on point, then we're golden and making sure that we follow the protocols. Let's get into the dosing and the protocols now, Steve, like you said. All right, so very, very important. To
0: understand how to use insulin properly, guys. So if you don't use insulin properly, it can kill you. And, um, you know, and I'm not trying to scare anyone uh, because if this if insulin was that dangerous, you'd have type two diabetics and type one diabetics dropping like flies left and right. OK, Yeah. but there is a reason that doctors would rather put their patients on insulin drugs and not actually have them inject insulin um, there's there's a reason. Now, we've seen incidences of bodybuilders who have died from insulin use. And it's been one of those situations where they inject a lot of it and they fall asleep and they don't get in their proper nutrition. They don't get in their proper sugars. So if you do that, you can basically fall into a coma. Um, one of the other issues, too, you got low blood pressure symptoms, sweating, blurred vision, dizziness, weakness and anxiety. Um, It's very important to keep some quick acting sugars close to you in case you start noticing any of these side effects, because if your blood sugar gets too low, you can you can really, really harm yourself or die. So very, very important. And we've seen bodybuilders who have been in unfortunate situations where they've not consumed um, anything after taking the insulin and they've gotten themselves into trouble. So I'm you want to add something or um, should we move on?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's, there's two things here, guys. One is what I've physically seen someone in one of my job roles back in the day that I've mentioned on the forums what I used to do for a living, uh, working with the police as a traffic warden outside New Scotland Yard. And w- there was an incident which I came across, two girls, my colleagues were already there, and the guy hadn't taken his insulin, Stephen. he'd been out drinking. He uh, do not even need to drink a lot of alcohol. But don't forget, alcohol is essentially a uh, sugar, it's a kind of carbohydrate. Uh and he hadn't taken his injection and essentially it fitted uh in the street, and where he'd been crossing the road and his head was bouncing off the footpath off the, the curbstone, Steve. So it wasn't the worst injury in the universe, but it looks really, really bad. The girls did amazingly well. So, yeah, I have actually seen for myself the effects in person. Of someone that's fitted, gone in, sweated, collapsed in the street, and head bouncing off the curbstone and seen what physically can happen. He was lucky; he still got taken away in an ambulance, got checked out for a head injury, had the, the the cuts and bruises and whatever else treated in the hospital. The other thing was, I was going to make a, a mention here, Stephen. It's just one of those sensible pieces of advice that we like to give out on this podcast. Uh, sometimes we see when it comes to performance-enhancing drugs, partners aren't kept in the loop. When I say partners, I'm talking boyfriends, girlfriends, your significant other, your mum, your dad, whoever, someone around the house. I want you to let people know, and this is what I think the adult situation is here, Steve, that you're using insulin so that if you do fuck up, if you do have an issue, they know what the problem is. I don't want them to find you flopping out on the sofa head headfirst into the glass coffee table or anything like that. I want you to be safe. So I want the situation where if you do have an issue, they know what to do in terms of what to give you. Or if you have a issue and you end up in hospital, they know what causes it so that the doctors and the nurses that are going to treat you know how to help you. That's just common sense advice, Steve. So yeah, back to you in terms of the actual way to dose it. And also your own personal um, experience, which we talked about in the pre-show.
0: Yeah, my personal experience is don't use it. That I'll I'll say it straight out, and I'll do a little rant when we end the show on why you shouldn't be using it unless you're a top end professional bodybuilder who's actually making a lot of money. But there's types, different types of insulins. There's the human long, fastest insulin available, starts working about 10 minutes, peaking around one and a half hours. Human R is also fast stacking, starts working about 30, 60 minutes, peaking at two to three hours. So it's available without a prescription. In the US, you can just walk up to a pharmacy and ask them for for uh, insulin, and they'll give it to you. Um, if they look at you kind of weird, you can just say, hey, it's for my dog, I need insulin for my dog. Um, and insulin isn't expensive. So um, it's not something that's even though it's it could be dangerous. You know, um, a lot of people depend on insulin. So it's one of those things where it's very available. You know, it's made in a lab. Uh, originally not made in the lab originally it came from animals but now it's made in the lab so they can make a shit ton of it for for cheap
1: i'm going to jump in here very quickly steve it's the same here in the uk here's the thing guys they will only give you a small amount it's literally for your safety if you're a diabetic and uh, you need insulin and you haven't got out with you and you're feeling dizzy and you're having some of the symptoms of uh the, the, or the lack of insulin uh, a, a pharmacy here was exactly the same as what you just said over there. Whether you pay for it or get it for free, as you might do here in the UK, but it's for your safety, and they'll give. It, but it's going to be one or two IU's. It's going to be a very, very small amount, enough to get you back home so you can do your regular injections, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And if the reason for that is quite simply: is it's life-saving in that example. Uh, but you won't go down there and get old box guys. It doesn't work like that. They'll give you a couple of IUs, sucks. enough to to make you better, enough to stop you collapsing and having problems in the street yeah back to Houston
0: yeah or you can go to you know a store steroid source and you can buy it but you really need to keep it in the refrigerator um look the you're gonna ask you know why use longer acting insulin right I don't want to crash my blood sugar but here's the thing if you're a bodybuilder you wake up in the morning you eat a big meal two hours later you eat another meal two hours later you eat another meal on and on and on you can use the longer acting insulin just inject it when you get up it's gonna be in your system. And then you inject it again, you know, and it's going to be in your system throughout the day while you're eating. And this way you're able to take advantage of all those meals and be able to nutrient partition all those meals, you know, so your muscles just suck up those, those meals, right? If you use a short acting insulin, you want to inject it. Um, so you inject it, start out with three, four IUs of human R to fast acting insulin, <laughs> take a protein shake, mix, mix cars, some protein. And then 30 minutes later, you eat a well-balanced meal. That's the way the professionals do it. So you take the insulin in that order down the protein shake, make sure it's a good protein shake, by the way, it's not like full of um, all these artificials and all this crappy sugar, good quality protein shake. You can add some, maybe some fruit to it. And then you eat a well-balanced meal 30 minutes after that. And that's, how you're basically going to be able to take advantage of that insulin. So if you're not going to eat properly on it, you're not going to get in the protein and get in the carbs, then you're really wasting your time with it. So it's very important to know how to eat properly first before you even think about insulin. And then, as I said earlier, keep some juice on hand, keep a candy bar on hand just in case, just in case. But, you know, you shouldn't have any issues. As long as you eat something that has some carbs in it, you shouldn't have any issues. Unless you're really abusing the crap out of it. From there, you can increase your insulin dose. Um, now some guys like to take the insulin and go work out. And then they'll after the workout, go home and eat. Now, this is something that's really risky because during your workout, you could have the low blood sugar symptoms and really get dizzy and it won't, it won't end well. So, you know, just be careful if you do that. And again, keep something on hand in case something goes wrong and you have to take a, a quick acting sugar when you take it so that's that's pretty much it guys i mean you could either run a, a smaller amount before each meal you can run a larger amount of longer acting insulin where it's going to be in your system the whole day if you're going to be eating constantly um and and then go from there but the most ideal way to use insulin is going to have to be with with HGH and it's going to have to be with anabolic steroids as well and a lot of people say who have ran the insulin stack, it 8 stack, it, it, it's a lot better with anabolic steroids on top of it. And that's what professionals are doing. So the bottom line here is I'm going to make this very, very frank. OK, don't use insulin. You don't need insulin. Your body already produces too much insulin. OK, unless there is no one last if you're listening to this podcast, that means you can afford a smartphone, you can afford Internet, you can afford a computer. Right. So you <laughs> are obviously eating very, very well and your body is spitting out a ton of insulin throughout the day. So you don't need to fucking take exogenous insulin on top of the insulin you're already producing in your body. OK, it's only going to end up making you fat. It's going to be a disaster. Now, if you're a professional or you want to be a professional and you want to experiment with insulin use. Okay, like I did. Then you run it the way I'm telling you. Run the short-acting insulin after your workout. You inject it right when you leave the gym. You can keep it in your car. Um, Keep a cooler in your car. Inject it as soon as you leave the gym. Thirty minutes later, you get home, or 15 minutes later, you have a shake. Then 30 minutes later, you eat a meal, a well-balanced meal. That's the way you use insulin, and that's going to be the way you use insulin. You got to use it with HGH. All right. That's those are those are the things I I demand if you want to use insulin. Those are the things that I, uh, I require. But at the end of the day, you know, it's not going to do shit for you unless you're really, really at that level where you're trying to become a pro. Otherwise, you don't need to be messing around with it. Bottom line, okay? So trust me, you're already producing more insulin than. Our ancestors produce in a year. In one day, you produce more insulin than our ancestors produce in a year because of all the sugars and the processed foods and all this other shit that we're eating. Okay, so you're fine. You don't need to take it exogenously. All right, mobster. So, um, what are your final thoughts on this before you take us into the disclaimer? Any final thoughts? All right, so. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm really hard on it, guys, because you know I see a lot of people out there. They get so excited about insulin. Their friend used insulin, gained twenty pounds, but you know, and they just don't understand. Like we, every time you eat a meal, your body spits out insulin. You have a functioning pancreas. You don't need to take exogenous insulin. If insulin was the answer in bodybuilding, all these type two diabetics and type one diabetics who use it, they'd be walking around, you know, a, a huge you know, huge and ripped. And it's just not the case. So you've got to basically listen to me and definitely um, use the insulin properly if you do chose to use it. And look, I'm all for experimenting. I've used insulin a couple times. I could be honest with you. It didn't do anything for me that I couldn't have got. I, I couldn't have had done any other way. So, you know, that's that's the bottom line on it. So look, if you want to use it, come on our forum, start a log and, um, you know, ask any questions that are necessary before you start at the end of the day. Um, I do think some of the scare tactics that we see a little, little out there, you know, because there's insulin that's being used by so many people and people aren't dropping like five, as I said earlier. So, um, I'm not going to sit here and try to scare you into not using insulin, but I am going to give you the facts, you know, the facts are. Um, you just don't need it in most situations unless you plan to be like a big time pro or something like that. So, all right, that covers it on insulin. So this is the uh, required legal disclaimer. Please note, we're not doctors and the opinion are ours and ours alone. It's our view. And based on our experience and views on the topic, our podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only freedom of speech and first amendment apply. See you guys later.